Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. needed to be reminded of something? Anybody? Reminded of what? Like doctor's appointments or uh, certain events and parties, anniversaries, maybe I won't go there, um, <laughs> birthdays, you know, all those kinds of, we, we need reminders, you know, in order to, to stay uh, on task. To stay, stay involved, you know. And the main reason why we need reminders is because we leak like a sieve. We leak. We lose focus. We lose our attention spans are almost non-existent at times. And so we need reminders to, to, to keep us, uh, focused on what we need to do and what we need to accomplish or where we need to go. Reminders are essential. And if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to read a really big reminder from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the ESV. Now I would, would, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach to you which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That is the gospel as almost as plainly as you can say it. And Paul is talking to a church that is, uh, has some issues. And he's reminding them that of this gospel that he's already preached to them and that they were already received and that they already believed. So this is what he's saying. We're gonna, you know how I like to take apart scriptures. Well, I'm gonna take apart those scriptures in this manner. Listen to this. Paul is saying, my friends, I want you to remember the message I preached to you that you believe and trusted. This message helps you stand. See, when it says, you know, the, 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 that word to stand means not only physically standing, it means that you have been picked up and you've been placed in a standing position. Did you hear me? <laughs> you've been picked up, which means what? You were down. You were down. You were, you were in a position of not being able to stand up. God picks us up. He dusts us off. And he makes us able to stand. This is what he's saying here. The, the, by the power of the gospel helps you to stand up. And also, you now stand in a position of being saved. In a position of being redeemed. In a position of being a son or daughter of the Most High God. This is, this is a powerful moment of standing, he's saying. This is not just, just getting up from sitting down. This is, you're standing. You're not excited yet. Okay, we're gonna keep on going. 
You're just not excited yet. It not only helps you stand, but it keeps you in place. The position that God has established for you. And that position is as a son and daughter of the Most High God. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been saved by this message, delivered by this message, so don't lose your grip on your faith or it will be for nothing. So it contains a little bit of a warning here. I received this message. Paul says, I received this message and I told you the most important part of it. I am reminding you that Christ died for our sins, just like the scripture said. He was buried and three days later he was raised to life. The scriptures tell us the truth. Let's go back to verse 2 for a minute. It says, hold fast to the word. That Greek phrase means to hold, to keep secure, and to keep firm possession of. Don't let go of it. Keep, keep a firm grip on it. But it's also kind of a, it gives a nautical picture. To the people that would have heard this term, hold fast, because it's also a term that means that you're going to hold a ship steady to its course. You're going to do everything that you can to keep this ship on course. And it has to do with the rigging of a boat. So when a rope is fast, it means it is secured properly. It's tied down properly. So hold fast. Make sure that the rope is tied down properly because when a storm hits, you don't want the sails to go blowing away. Because that helps keep the ship on course. So Paul is saying, hold fast to this truth. Make sure everything is secure because you want to stay on task. You want to stay on target. You want to make sure you get to where you're going. Hold fast. It also means to hold your gaze. To keep your attention fixed on something or someone. It means that you're going to continue to look in the direction that you're, you're going. I don't know about you. When I'm driving and I start to look over to this side, guess which side the car goes to? Oh, or to the right. My car will start to drift to the right because for some reason our hands tend to go where our eyes go. Not sure what that's all about. <laughs> all the more reason that you have to keep your eyes on the road to where you want to actually go. Uh, Paul is saying that you know we hold fast to the gospel. We want to head in the right direction. We want to hold fast to the power of the gospel and to the author of the gospel. Keep our gaze going forward on our Lord, on our Savior, the one that made salvation possible. So in this way, I think the gospel is the, is the gift that keeps on giving. The gospel keeps on changing me. The gospel keeps on redeeming me. The gospel definitely keeps on restoring me, transforming me, conforming me. It is really the gift that keeps on giving. And I think we have to understand that because we got to hold fast to that truth. So for those times when I don't feel like I'm very redeemed, I, the gospel is still working on me. See, the, the times when I don't feel like everything has been restored, the gospel is still working on me. It needs to work on me. I need it to work on me. 
I got to hold fast to it. I got to keep my gaze on it. I got to keep the ropes tied down because I need to go through the storms of life with my eyes fixed on Jesus because I need the gospel message. I need to constantly be redeemed. I am redeemed. I constantly need sanctification and justification to work on my heart, my soul, my spirit, my mind, so that I can keep my gaze on Jesus. You and I have been given the most important life-changing message this world has ever heard or will ever hear. This message has changed us. It is continuing to change us. And it has positioned us to live for all eternity. Let me read that again. This message has changed us. It's continuing to change us. And it has positioned us to live for all eternity. It has mended broken hearts. It has eased troubled minds. And it has redeemed troubled souls. This message has made us new. Brand new Sons and daughters of the king. And it has done it with kindness. It has done it with forgiveness. It has done it with mercy. And it's all been free. This is the gospel. This is life. The gospel is God's love language to a dying world. We have been saved from so much. But we have been saved for so much. We have been redeemed from so much. But we've been redeemed for so much. We often concentrate and we should, you know, give thanks for what God has saved us from. But we need to praise God for what he saved us for. Because, see, he came to give life. And life more abundantly. He came to restore life. See, restored sons and daughters speak the gospel fluently. Fluently. And this is what I hope for this series to, to help us. To, to speak to our, for our gospel fluency to increase. I'm amazed right now. That even after following Christ for over 50 years. How much I need the gospel. I want... I need my heart to be changed by the gospel. I still need a Messiah because I still need to be saved from myself. You still need a Messiah. Because you need to be saved from yourself. I love you, but you know that. And I was talking to Mike about this, and I talked to the guest speakers who have agreed to come and speak. I said, be careful because this series is going to wreck you. And even though most of you won't be speaking, I'm going to warn you, the series is going to wreck you in a good way. I want to share some goals for this series. I want the gospel to wreck my religion. My faulty theology, small g gospel of J. I want, I want this, I want the gospel to just wreck that. 
I want the gospel to wreck my self-centeredness. My faulty dependence on myself. Here's a good one. I want the gospel to wreck my politics. My faulty idea that I actually know what should be done. How to fix things. How to make things better. I want the gospel to wreck that for good. And basically, I want the gospel to wreck whatever gets in the way of me following Jesus with everything that I have. So no, that's, this is what I hope some of the goals through this series, but it's not the series that I want to wreck you. I want the gospel to wreck you, right? I know the series is going to be powerful and it's going to be great and we're going to talk about a lot of different subject matters. But I think it's the gospel that's going to wreck you in a good way. You still want to come next week? I'm not done yet. I want to be challenged and I want to be convicted by questions like these. So just kind of keep these, these questions fresh in your mind as, as you study the scriptures uh, between Sundays and as, as you ask God to reveal the gospel to you as you listen to these messages. Listen to some of these questions to see if they resonate with you. What makes the gospel worth living for? What makes the gospel... I'm not asking for answers. I'm just... What makes the gospel worth living for? And the next question is just like it. What makes the gospel worth dying for? There are brothers and sisters of ours who are experiencing this right now, this question, in real time and in reality. We have it so easy here in America. We do not know what our brothers and sisters are suffering, really. But they are answering that question in one way or another in, in reality right now. But it's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Because there's a dying to self as well. Is the gospel really the power to save? Is it? Is it really the, is it really the power to restore, to renew, to regenerate, to, to, to reform someone's life? Is it really the power to save? Is the gospel Really the answer to race issues, unity issues, gender and identity issues. Is it really the answer to poverty issues? Is it really the answer to marriage issues? Is it really the answer to sin issues? This is some of the, this is some of the topics we're going to hit in this series. Because the gospel is the answer to all those things. But how we answer those questions Reveal where our heart is towards God, towards the gospel, towards ourselves, towards each other. I think these are really good questions and questions like that to just kind of like ask ourselves. Because how I answer these questions is huge. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says this. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at, is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Like I said, the gospel is the native language of God's kingdom. And gospel fluency is the ability to speak the truth in love and to speak life into our everydayness. That's what gospel fluency is. 
is able to speak the truth in love and be able to speak life into every situation that we walk through in day by day. And as we get more fluent with the gospel, what the gospel really means, what the, what the gospel has done in us and what the gospel does through us, our fluency, uh, that gospel fluency, the, the ability to speak truth in love and life into a situation is going to increase. Someone please say amen. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, don't you want that? Don't you want, don't you want your, to be fluent in God's language? I, I do, and I know I'm not. Not like I should be. I still need the gospel. I need the gospel to change me every day of my life. I need it to work on my heart, the, the, the areas of my heart that are still hard to God and, and to His ways. The, the, the areas of my heart that is too much of Jay's theology is still stuck in there somewhere. The small G gospel, the gospel that has no power. Because it's mine. See, I'm, I'm repenting in front of you. I'm, I am sorry for these things in my life. I need the gospel to change me every day. And my hunger and my desire for it is growing every day. I don't want to leave this world and not fulfill what God has for me. But I need the gospel to do that. I need God's love language to be embedded in every word that comes out of my mouth. With every post I put on social media. Everything that I speak, everything I write, everything I live needs to be filtered through the gospel. Or I should just shut up. Just talk about me. Okay, I'm not talking about anybody in the room. Really, I am. The gospel is this. We sinned and Jesus died. We were guilty. Jesus took the punishment. We deserved hell, but he paid and canceled our debt. He took sin. He took death. He obliterated it with the resurrection. The power of it. The finality of it. That's the gospel. Jesus died so we didn't have to. Jesus forgave our sins that we couldn't pay for. And then he conquers this, this thing that haunts us called death. And enables us to live for all eternity. If that's not enough to keep you excited, I don't know what is. I know it's mind-blowing, incredible to think about living for eternity. But see, we get to live part of that here and now. Because we walk in the power of the gospel. Life-changing power that has changed each and every one of you in this room. For the better. Not just change you, but for the better. You are stronger people because of the gospel. You are wiser people because of the gospel. You are freer people because of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. I hope that this series that we're, we're going to dive into changes every one of us. I entitled this part, The Gospel in Us. Because it begins with us. Us of us, I'm talking about us corporately, you know, the, the big C church. And I'm talking about us right here at Bridge Builders. 
has to change us. We have to know the gospel. We have to believe the gospel. We have to live the gospel before we even begin to share the gospel. And I know you guys love God. And I know you love the gospel. And I know you're, you're, you're ready to bust out of these doors and, and, and do whatever God wants. You already are doing wondrous things for the kingdom. I'm not suggesting that you're not. But I'm saying, you know, how I said before the last sermon series that that was going to be the, the most challenging one that we have ever had at this, at this, uh, spoken at this church. And, and it really was challenging. And it's still challenging us. I think this is even more. Because God does that. God ups the game. Because he loves us. And he knows we were saved for more. See, we were redeemed for more. And that's the promise of the gospel. He will not leave us as orphans. So we need to stop acting like them. And start really, really living like sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because that's where we are. I got 25 seconds left. Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen.